Shabbat Shalom. Parashah 27. She conceives. Leviticus 12. Adonai said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel, If a woman conceives and gives birth to a boy, she will be unclean for seven days with the same uncleanliness as her nidah when she is having her menstrual period. On the eighth day, the baby's foreskin is to be circumcised. She is to wait an additional 33 days to be purified from her blood. She is not to touch any holy thing or come into the sanctuary until the time of her purification is over. But if she gives birth to a girl, she will be unclean for two weeks, as in her nidah. And she is to wait another 66 days to be purified from her blood. I have a little comment to make this morning. Some of you may be asking, why do we read from the very beginning? Well, we read from the very beginning so that we have a better understanding of how it ended and how, how things happened, the timeline of history. It's very important that we know how things used to go down in order to understand how it went down in Yeshua's time and how it's going down now. So in the name of Yeshua, our, our Messiah, I pray here this morning that we will have a clear understanding as to why we read uh, some of the uh, old time history. Amen. So when the days of her purification are over, whether for a son or for a daughter, she's to bring a lamb in its first year for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or dove for a sin offering to the entrance of the tent of meeting to the Kohen. He will offer it before Adonai and make atonement for her. Thus she will be purified from her discharge of blood. Such is the law for a woman who gives birth, whether to a boy or to a girl. If we can't afford a lamb, she is to take two doves or two young pigeons, to the, to the one for the burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the Kohen will make atonement for her and she will be clean. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, if someone develops on his skin a swelling, scab, or bright spot, which could develop into a, the disease of leprosy, he is to be brought to the Aaron the Cohen, or to one of his sons who are Cohen. The Cohen is to examine the sore on his skin. If the hair in the store, sore has turned white, and the sore appears to go deep into the skin, it is leprosy. And after examining him, Cohen is to declare him unclean. If the bright spot on his skin is white, but it does not appear to go deep into the skin, and its hair has not turned white, then the Cohen is to isolate him for seven days. On the seventh day, the Cohen is to examine him again. And if the sore appears the same as before, and has not spread on the skin, then the Cohen is to isolate him for seven more days. On the seventh day, the Kohen is to examine him again. And if the sore has faded and hasn't spread on the skin, then the Kohen is to declare him clean. It is only a scab, so he is to wash his clothes and be clean. 
but if the scab spreads further on the skin after he has been examined by the colon and declared clean, he is to let himself be examined yet again by the colon. The colon will examine him, and if he sees that the scab has spread on his skin, then the colon will declare him unclean. It is leprosy. And if a person has leprosy, he's to be brought to the colon. The colon is to examine him, and if he sees that there is a white swelling in the skin, which has turned the hair white, an inflamed flesh in the swelling, then it is chronic leprosy on his skin, and the colon is to declare him unclean. He's not, he is not to isolate him because it is already clear that he is unclean. If the leprosy breaks out all over the skin so that as far as the Cohen can see, the person with leprosy has sores everywhere and his, on his body and from his head to his feet, then the Cohen is to examine him and if he sees that the leprosy has covered his entire body, he is to pronounce that person with a sores clean. It has all turned white and he is clean. But if one day inflamed flesh appears on him, he will be unclean. So the colon will examine the inflamed flesh and declare him unclean. The inflamed flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. However, if the inflamed flesh again turns white, he is to come to the Cohen, and the Cohen will examine him. And if he sees that the sores have turned white, then the Cohen is to declare clean the person with the sores. He is clean. If a person has on his skin a boil that heals in such a way that in place of the boil, there is a white swelling or a reddish-brown bright spot, it is to be shown to the Cohen. The Cohen is to examine it. If he sees that it appears to be more than skin deep and its hair has turned white, then the Cohen is to pronounce him unclean. The disease of leprosy has broken out in the boil. But if the Cohen looks at it and doesn't see any white hairs in it, and it isn't more than skin deep but appears faded, the Cohen is to isolate him for seven days. If it spreads on the skin, the Cohen is to declare him unclean. It is the disease. But if the bright spot stays where it was and has not spread, it is the scar of the boil and the Cohen is to declare him clean. Or if someone has on his skin a burnt caused by fire, a burn caused by fire, and the inflamed flesh where it was burned has become a bright spot, reddish white or white, then the Cohen is to examine it. And if he sees that the hair in the bright spot has turned white and that it appears to be deeper than the skin around it, it is leprosy. It has broken out in the burn. And the Cohen is to declare him unclean. It is a sore from leprosy. But if the Cohen examines it and sees no white hair on the bright spot, and it is no more than skin deep but looks faded then the cohen is to isolate him for seven days 
On the seventh day, the cone is to examine him, and if it has spread on skin, then the cone is to declare him unclean. It is a sore from leprosy, but if the bright spot stays where it was and has not spread on skin, but appears faded, it is a swelling due to the burn, and the cone is to declare him clean, because it is only a scar from the burn. If a man or a woman has a sore on the head, or a man in his beard, then the Kohen is to examine the sore. If he sees that it appears to be deeper than the skin around it, with yellow, thin hair in it, then the Kohen is to declare him unclean. It is a crusted area, a leprosy of the head or beard. If the Kohen examines the disease-crusted area and sees that it appears not to be deeper than the skin around it, and without any black hair in it, then the Kohen is to isolate for seven days the person with the disease-crusted area. On the seventh day, the Kohen is to examine the sore, and if he sees that the crusted area hasn't spread, that it has no yellow hair in it, and that the crusted area is not deeper than the skin around it, then the person is to be shaved, except for the crusted area itself and the Kohen is to isolate him for seven more days. On the seventh day, the Kohen is to examine the crusted area, and if he sees that the crusted area has not spread on the skin and does not appear to be deeper than the skin around it, then the Kohen is to declare him clean. He is to wash his clothes and be clean. But if the crusted area spreads after his purification, then the Kohen is to examine him, and if he sees that the crusted area has spread on the skin, the Kohen is not to look for yellow hair. He is unclean. But if the crusted area's appearance doesn't change, and black hair grows up in it, then the crusted area is healed. He is clean, and the Kohen is to declare him clean. If a man or woman has bright spots on his skin, bright white spots and the colon is to examine them. If he sees that the bright spots on the skin are dull white, it is only a rash <clears throat> that has broken out on the skin and he is clean. If a man's hair has fallen from his scalp, he is bald, but he is clean. If his hair has fallen off the front part of his head, he is forehead bald, but he is clean. But if on the bald scalp or forehead there's a reddish-brown sore, it is leprosy breaking out on his bald scalp or forehead, then the Kohen is to examine him. If he sees that there's a reddish-brown, a reddish-white swelling on the bald scalp or forehead, appearing like leprosy on the rest of his body, he is a person with leprosy. He is unclean. The Kohen must declare him unclean. The sore is on his head. So everyone who has leprosy sores is to wear torn clothes and unbound hair. Cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean, as long as he has sores. He will be unclean until he, since he is unclean, he must live in isolation. He must live outside the camp. When leprosy infects an article of clothing, whether it be a woolen or a linen garment, on the threads or the woven in parts of either linen or wool, 
or on a hide or item made of leather. Then if the stain on the garment, hide, threads, woven in parts, or leather item is greenish or reddish, it is an infection of leprosy and is to be shown to the Cohen. The Cohen is to examine the stain and isolate the article that has the infection for seven days. On the seventh day, he is to examine the stain. If the stain has spread on the garment, threads, woven in parts, or leather, whatever its use, the infection is contagious leprosy. The garment is unclean. He is to burn the garment, threads, woven in parts of either wool or linen, or item of leather having any the infection. For it is a contagious leprosy, it must be burned up completely. But if when the Cohen examines it, he sees that the infection is not spread on the garment or in the threads, woven in parts, or leather item. Then the Cohen is to order that the article having the infection be washed and isolated for seven more days. The Cohen is to examine it after the stain has been washed, and if he sees that the stain has not changed color, then even <coughs> though the stain has not spread, it is unclean. You are to burn it up completely. Though this, <clears throat> it is rotten. No matter whether the spot is on the outside or the inside. But the colon examines it and sees the stain has faded after being washed. Then he is to tear the stain out of the garment, leather threads, or woven in parts. If it appears again in the garment, threads, woven in parts, or leather item. It is contagious and you are to burn it up completely, the article that has had the stain. But if the infection is gone from the garment, threads woven in parts or leather item that you washed, then it is to be washed a second time and it will be clean. This is the law concerning infectious infections of leprosy in a garment of wool or linen or in threads or the woven in parts or in any leather item when to declare it clean and when to declare it unclean and then we have exodus 12 1 through 20 and that's page 72 exodus 12 1 through 20. Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. He said, You are to begin your calendar in this month. It will be the first month of the year for you. Speak to all the assembly of Israel and say, On the seventh day of this month, each man is to take a lamb or kid for his family, one per household. Except that if the household is too small for the whole lamb or kid, then he and his next door neighbor should share one, dividing it in proportion to the number of people eating it. Your animal must be without defect, a male in its first year, and you may choose it from either a sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of the month. And then the entire assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter it at dusk. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the two sides and top of the door frame at the entrance of the house in which they eat it. 
that night they are to eat the meat roasted in the fire. They are to eat it with matzah and manner. Don't eat it raw or boiled, but roasted in the fire with its head, the lower parts of its legs, and its inner organs. Let nothing of it remain till morning. If any of it does remain, burn it up completely. Here is how you are to eat it, with your belt fastened, your shoes on, your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you are to eat it hurriedly. It is Adonai's Pesach, also known as Passover. For that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and animals, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. The blood will serve you as a sign against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. Excuse me. The blood will serve you as a sign marking the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over. That's what it means. In Hebrew, it means Pesach. You, when I strike the land of Egypt, the death blow will not strike you. This will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai. From generation to generation, you are to celebrate it by a perpetual regulation. For seven days, you are to eat matzah. On the first day, remove the leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leaven from the first to the seventh day is to be cut off from Israel. On the first and seventh days you are to have an assembly set aside for God. On these days no work is to be done except what each must do to prepare his food. You may only do that. You are to observe the festival of matzah for on this day on this very day I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you are to observe this day from generation to generation by a perpetual regulation. From the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 71st day, you are to eat matzah. During those seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. Whoever eats food with leaven in it is to be cut off from the community of Israel. It doesn't matter whether he is a foreigner or a citizen of the land. Eat nothing with leaven in it wherever you live. Eat matzah. And we have Ezekiel 45.16 through 46.18. And that's on page 702. All the people in the land are to present this offering to the Prince of Israel, in Israel. The Prince's obligation will be to present the burnt offerings, grain offerings and drink offerings at the feasts, on Rosh Hodesh and on Shabbat. At all the designated times of the house of Israel, he is to prepare the sin offerings, grain offerings, burnt offerings, and peace offerings to make atonement for the house of Israel. 
Adonai Elohim says this. On the first day of the first month, you are to take a young bull without defect and purify the sanctuary. And the Kohen will take some of the blood from the sin offering, put it on the door frames of the house and on the four corners of the altar's edge and on the supports of the gate in the inner courtyard. You are also to do this on the seventh day of the month for everyone who has sinned inadvertently or through ignorance. Thus, you will make atonement for the house. On the fourteenth day of the first month, you are to have the Passover, a feast seven days long. Matzah will be eaten. On that day, the prince will provide for himself and for all the people of the land a young bull as a sin offering. On the seven days of the feast, he is to provide a burnt offering for Adonai, seven young bulls and seven rams without defect daily for the seven days, and a male goat daily as a sin offering. He is to provide as a grain offering a bushel of grain for a young bull and a bushel of for a ram, and for each bushel of grain, a gallon of olive oil. Then on the fifteenth <coughs> day of the seventh month, during the feast of Sukkot, he is to do the same thing for those seven days in regard to the sin offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, and olive oil. <coughs> Thank you, Father God. Ezekiel 46. This is what Adonai Elohim says. The east gate of the inner courtyard is to be shut on the sixth working days, but on Shabbat it is to be, it is to be opened, and on Rosh Kodesh it is to be opened. The prince is to enter by the way of the outer vestibule, of the gate and stand by the upper, by the support of the gate. And the Kohen are to prepare his burnt offering and peace offerings. Then he is to prostrate himself to war, in worship at the threshold of the gate, after which he is to leave. But the gate is not to be shut until evening, and the people of the land are also to prostrate themselves and worship before Adonai at the entrance of that gate on Shabbat and on Rosh Kodesh, which means the first of the month. <clears throat> the burnt offering the prince is to offer Adonai on Shabbat <clears throat> is to consist of six lambs without defect and a ram without defect. The grain offering is to be a bushel for the ram, while the lambs, it can be as much as he wants to give, with a gallon of olive oil per ephah. The <clears throat> Rosh Hodesh, it is to be a young bull, six lambs, and ram, all without defect. He is to prepare grain offering consisting of a bushel for the bull, bushel for the ram, 
and for the land, as his means allow with a gallon of olive oil per bushel. And when the prince enters, he is to go in by the way of the vestibule of the gate, and he is to leave the same way. But when the people of the land come before Adonai at the designated times, whoever comes in to worship by the way of the north gate is to leave by the way of the south gate. And whoever comes in by the way of the south gate is to leave by the way of the north gate. He is not to go back through the gate by which he entered, but is to exit through ahead of him. On these occasions, the prince is to be among them when they enter and when they leave, and they are to leave together. At the festivals and at the designated times, the grain offering is to be a bushel for a young bull and a bushel for a ram. While for the lambs it can be as much as he wants to give, with a gallon of olive oil per bushel. When the prince provides a voluntary offering, whether it is a burnt offering or a peace offerings that he offers voluntarily to Adonai, someone is to open the east gate for him. And he is to provide his burnt offering and peace offerings as he does on Shabbat. And when then he will leave, and after he leaves, the gate is to be shut. You are to provide a lamb in its first year that has no defect for a daily burnt offering to Adonai. Do this each morning. Also each morning, provide with it a grain offering, one-sixth of a bushel, and one-third of a gallon of olive oil to moisten the fine flour. This is the ongoing grain offering for Adonai, by a permanent regulation. Thus they will offer a lamb, grain offering, and oil each morning as the ongoing burnt offering. Now Adonai Elohim says this, If the prince turns over part of his hereditary property to one of his sons, it is his inheritance. It will belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. But if he gives part of his hereditary property to one of his slaves, it will be his until the year of freedom, at which time he it will revert to the prince, so that the prince's heritage will go to his sons. The prince will not will, the prince is not to take over any of the people's inheritance, thereby evicting them wrongfully from their property. He is to give his sons an inheritance out of his own property so that none of my people will be driven off their property. And we have Mark 5, 1 through 43. And that's page 1268. Yeshua and his disciples arrived at the other side of the lake in the Gerasenes territory. As soon as he disembarked, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the burial caves to meet him. He lived in the burial caves, and no one could keep him tied up not even with a chain. 
He had often been chained hand and foot, but he would snap the chains and break the irons off his feet, and no one was strong enough to control him. Night and day he wandered among the graves and through the hills, howling and gnashing himself with stones. Seeing Ashua from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him and screamed at the top of his voice, What do you want from me, Yeshua, son of God, Ahalon? I implore you in God's name, don't torture me. For Yeshua had already begun saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of this man. And Yeshua asked him, What's your name? He said, My name is Legion, he answered. There are so many of us. And he kept begging Yeshua not to send them out of that region. Now there was a large herd of pigs feeding near the hill. And the unclean spirits begged him, Send us to the pigs so we can go into them. Yeshua gave them permission. They came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering around 2,000, rushed down the hillside into the lake and were drowned. The swineheart birds fled and told it in the town and in the surrounding country, and the people went to see what had happened. They came to Yeshua and saw the man who had had the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right hand. In his right mind. In his right mind, I'm sorry, and they were frightened. Those who had seen it told what had happened to the man controlled by demons and to the pigs. And the people began begging Yeshua to leave their district. Makes you wonder why, doesn't it? As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demonized begged him to be allowed to go with him. But Yeshua would not permit it. Instead, he said to him, Go home to your people and tell them how much Adonai in his mercy has done for you. And he went off and began proclaiming in the ten towns how much Yeshua had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Yeshua crossed in the boat to the other side of the lake, and a great crowd gathered around him. It came to him a synagogue official, Yair by name, who fell at his feet and pleaded desperately with him. My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went with him. And a large crowd followed, pressing all around him. Among them was a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered a great deal under many physicians. She had spent her life savings, yet instead of improving, she had grown worse. She had heard about Yeshua, so she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his robe. For he said, If I touch even his clothes for she said if i touch even his clothes i will be healed instantly the hemorrhaging stopped and she felt it in her body that she had been healed from the disease 
At the same time, Yeshua, aware that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And the Talmudin responded, You see the people pressing in on you, and still you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman frightened and trembling because she knew what had happened to her, came and fell down in front of him and told him the whole truth. And daughter, he said, daughter, he said to her, your trust has healed you. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house came saying, your daughter has died. Why bother the rabbi any longer? Ignoring what they said, Yeshua told the synagogue official, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He let no one follow him except Peter, Jacob, and John, Jacob's brother. When they came to the synagogue official's house, he found a great commotion with people weeping and wailing loudly. On entering, he said to them, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's just asleep. And they jeered at him, but he put them all outside, took the child's father and mother and those with him, and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. At once the girl got up and began walking around. She was 12 years old. Everybody was utterly amazed. He gave them strict orders to say nothing about this to anyone and told them to give her something to eat. And then we have Colossians 2, 1 through 23. And that's page 1471. Colossians 2, 14. 214 no, 2 1 Colossians through 23 Okay Colossians 2 1 For I want you to know how hard I work for you for those in Lado Ladocia Ladocia and for the rest of those who have not met me personally My purpose is that they may be encouraged, that they may be encouraged. Let me repeat that. My purpose is that they may be encouraged, that they may be joined together in love, and that they may have all the riches derived from being assured of understanding and fully knowing God's secret truth, which is the Messiah. It is in him that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. I say this so that no one will fool you with plausible but spacious arguments. For although I am away from you physically, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing as just <clears throat> rejoicing as I see the disciplined and resolute firmness your trust in the Messiah. Therefore, just as you received the Messiah Yeshua as Lord, keep living your life 
united with him. Remain deeply rooted in him, continue being built up in him, and confirmed in your trust, the way you were taught, so that you overflow in thanksgiving. Watch out so that no one will take you captive by means of philosophy and empty deceit. Following human tradition, which accords with the elemental spirits of the world, but does not accord with the Messiah. For in him, bodily, lives the fullness of all that God is. And it is in union with him that you have been made full. He is the head of every rule and authority. Also, it was in union with him that you were circumcised with a circumcision not done by human hands, but accomplished by stripping away the old nature's control over the body. In this circumcision, done by the Messiah, you were buried along with him by being immersed. In union with him, you were also raised up along with him by God's faithfulness that worked when he raised Yeshua from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, that is, because of your foreskin, your old nature, but God made you alive along with the Messiah by forgiving you of all your sins. He wiped away the bill of charges against us. Because of the regulations, it stood as a testimony against us, but he removed it by nailing it to the execution stake. Stripping the rulers and authorities of their power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by means of the state. So that don't let anyone pass judgment on you in connection with eating and drinking or in regard to a Jewish festival or a Hokodesh or Shabbat. These are a shadow of things that are coming, but the body is of the Messiah. Don't let anyone deny you the prize by insisting that you engage in self-mortification or angel worship. Such people are always going on about some vision they have had, and they vainly puff themselves up by their worldly outlook. Seems like it's especially Catholics who started all that, and the Protestants kept it up. They failed to hold to the head from whom the whole body receiving supply and being held together by its joints and ligaments grows as God makes it grow. If along with the Messiah, you died to the elemental spirits of the world, then why, as you still belong to the world, are you letting yourselves be bothered by its rules? Don't touch this, don't eat that, don't handle the other. Such prohibitions are concerned with things meant to perish by being used, not by being avoided, and they are based on man-made rules and teachings. They do indeed have the outward appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed religious observances, false humility and asceticism, but they have no value at all in restraining people from indulging their old nature. Amen. Father God, thank you for being with us this Shabbat. We humble ourselves before you and ask that you would guide us 
for our future steps. We trust that you're with us and we consecrate ourselves to you, Lord. Give us direction as to how to handle our life day by day, Lord. We're so happy that we could speak to you in this fashion, and we pray in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Amen.